Forgecast. This is Sean Catanese, Level 4 Judge from Seattle, Washington. Alongside Ricky Hayashi, Level 3 Judge from Portland, Oregon. This hey, is our 100th episode, Sean. I can't believe it. It's been a yeah, I, you know, I didn't think we'd get this far. 100 episodes <laughs> is kind of a lot, and and it's been really, really nice to just be with you, you know, every two weeks, consistently, another episode, and it's nice for us to be able to chat every time this for this long and bring this kind of service to judges. I'm really enjoying all 100 episodes that we've done together. It's been fantastic. And Jose Boveda, our usual co-host, is running a little bit late. He'll be joining us in a little bit. I did have this weird dream, though, Sean, and I'm going to tell you about this dream. I had tell this me about dream. the dream, Ricky. Tell me about the dream. I had a dream that we stopped doing JudgeCast, and then these other judges were like, hey, we noticed you haven't done JudgeCast in a while. We would like to use the name and start the podcast under the name JudgeCast. And we're like, okay, go ahead, because we're not going to be doing it. Huh. And so these other guys started doing judge cast, and it was really weird. They, they were clearly not as good as us, because really, who could be? No, so, of course. I mean, I they mean, were okay. Just, yeah, no, they, they're, I'm, I'm sure they could have been awesome. I mean, I, what did these guys sound like, though? I mean, I mean, is there... I, I would really love to hear this this voice in your head. Could you could you mimic one of these voices in your head for me? Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. Oh God, that sounds terrible, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, I have to work on that voice. Okay. I got to work on that character. His name is CJ, and I don't know. He's I I haven't figured out his motivation yet. Okay, okay, okay. Ricky, your dream <laughs> character kind of suck. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Are, are you having schizophrenia in your dreams, Ricky? <laughs> there are other voices in your head right now. And I have been working on those voices for a long time. Thank you very much. Okay. See, I'm still trying to get the mail call down. So, okay. Excellent. Well, yeah, that sounds like a really weird dream. I, I'm so glad that's never actually happened because, boy, would that be terrible. This is rough. Okay, this okay. started off rough, like, <laughs> like rough against us. We had to mute for a while because Jess was laughing so hard. So <laughs> he spit up water. I started to drink water and then somebody said something funny, and then I like I had that feeling like I was gonna like choke on it, and I started waving my hands wildly, and then we muted the microphone so I could cough. Uh, <laughs> there was there was a bit of fanboy moment there. It was like, oh, it's an episode of Judgecast. I used to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> next. So wow, yeah, episode one hundred and crazy awesomeness. We have Sean and Ricky here, obviously. Um, I, I, just in case the, those of you listening don't know us, we have also CJ Schrader and <laughs> myself, Jess Dunks, and some guy. Uh, Hello! Brian I'm some, I'm some guy. All figments of my imagination. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's... Ricky has a very overactive imagination. Actually, I would think that oh, that's no, kind of a, uh, an, an inactive imagination if we're all he can come up with. I and mean, could, there could be, like, unicorns with laser beam rainbow bazookas. <laughs> I mean, that does mean that he's imagined, like, what, 63 episodes of Judge Cast? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, so... This is a very well. All to be fair, all of the episodes in my head are called "The Sky Is Not Falling," (laughs) Jin fifty-five. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Although, although maybe the sky is falling now. And uh, is this is this a coup? Is this Sean and Ricky back to take their show? Oh God, no! This is this is your (laughs) problem now. This is this is all yours. 
So right. if anyone was hoping for educational value out of this particular episode, this is not the one. This, this is, is not the one for you. Complete nostalgia for everyone involved. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to take this time to reflect on where Judge Cast has been and not where it's going because we don't really plan that far ahead, but where no, it's been definitely. definitely. And then we're going to lament the the loss of the corset for a while and get nostalgia about that and how we loved Guy's Liege from back in yeah, the day. Yeah, people that like corset. I mean, it's where they can put slivers. Are there are there real people? By the way, corset? return to Chandelar, or I'm sorry, go to Chandelar for the first time. Confirmed. I think we can all say that right now. Right. Okay. It's happening. I have I have a question, um, sp- specifically about Judge Casks for Sean and Ricky. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of our listeners may not even know, so because uh, we have a lot of new listeners. So let me just go over real quick before I ask this question. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Sean and Ricky uh, started JudgeCast, and we're joined by Jose Boveda, who is, is not with us currently. We're hoping to get him on a little later. Uh, and uh, they did it for a while, and we eventually took over. So they're actually the creators of JudgeCast. We are not. Uh, but the question I have is, what prompted you guys to do this in the first place? We wouldn't be here at episode 100 where we are unless somebody had started it. So what, what created that desire to do a podcast about magic judging? Well, I have in front of me the actual email from one Wikipedia at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, email. That's, um, it's a, the, the, the subject of the email is simply JudgeCast, And it says, Sean, do you know anything about podcasting? No reason. And ignore the subject line. It is meaningless. <laughs> It's really funny. And that's, and that's the whole message. Um, that's what started everything. Um, it was January 8th, 2010. So <clears throat> that and was Sean's uh, five years. Sean's reply is, oh, so this is capital O, four capital O's and a capital H. And then looks like eight exclamation points. Dude, I, I wasn't even a certified judge when you sent that email. Yeah, I was. Neither, neither was I. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yep. So from my memory of that, um, I remember because I just I so I'd only recently become a certified judge and I just gotten back into magic uh, not too long before that. And uh, actually, it was Ricky who certified me. And um, no, Ricky did L2 for me. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. My facts are wrong. People who keep the uh, judge cast canon in track in in, you know, whatever, whatever. So yeah, one other thing, JudgeCast fandom is really good. Yeah, yeah. They're going to eat you a lot. Or the, the, the JudgeCast fanfic. So Jess is in town. And so he's sitting across from me and I can see him shaking his head at me. And, and it was very distracting. But the whole point here this is supposed to be a sentimental story is I went on there and because someone had told me about this new show, uh, Limited Resources. Sorry, not JudgeCast yet. But I went on there and I remember looking for a show about judging. I remember looking for one on rules or something. And the very next week after I first got into limited resources, someone's like, have you heard of this judge cast? And I'm like, well, I just looked for one. And uh, that was episode one of judge cast. And I've been listening ever since. Judge cast is awesome. So so what what prompted that initial email, Ricky? Like, um, well, what, let's see. So 2010. I believe what happened here was that I had been writing articles for a while. Um, I started writing articles for Star City Games in 2008 about judging. I had actually written for uh, what was called Brain Burst at the time. Now it's TCG Player. Just, a, you know, magic articles about decks and stuff. But I've been writing about judging since 2008. Uh, in 2009, I switched over to Channel Fireball. And when you they... brought me along when you did that also. Um, yeah. Um, and then about this time, I just I stopped writing just because there was a lot of stuff going on 
and I, I didn't re- I didn't feel like writing, but I still wanted to be involved in getting the message out about judging. And I, I had been listening to a few magic podcasts, so I thought, eh, this is something, this is a different medium that, you know, talking is different from writing, and maybe that will ignite some kind of spark. And I was very good friends with Sean, and I wanted to get him involved in something because at the time he was still a level one. And I wanted to help him get his name out there, help him grow his brand so that he would become a more recognized judge and, you know, get on Grand Prix and Pro Tours and such. It's a shame that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, He's a a grand disappointment, I'll tell you. (laughs) I mean, he's not even level three. Yeah, that's true. So let me ask this. So the first episode of JudgeCast starts, hello, welcome to JudgeCast. I'm Sean Cannonese, level one judge. And I'm Ricky Hayashi, level three judge. And now when you guys introduced yourself for this episode, it's level four judge Sean Cantonese, level three judge Ricky Hayashi. What happened there? Um, well, Ricky got me to do good work. <laughs> that's the short version. Um, I mean, <clears throat> that's that's you know, that's the nature of of the program is that that there's a lot of room for movement and and change. And I would say that, you know, Ricky being level three then and Ricky being level three now also isn't necessarily a reflection. In fact, it's not even close to a reflection of Ricky not having changed in those times. Like Ricky's Ricky now is, I would say a completely different, more seasoned and better all around person and judge than he was then. Not that he wasn't a great, amazing guy. Then he was, he is, but I mean, the nature of, of time is that it changes us and the nature of the judge program is that it, enables us to change in, in ways that we find positive to ourselves and the world around us. So, I mean, that's been reflected in my advancement as in levels and number and whatever, but it's also, um, true, I think as true of Ricky as well. Um, I mean, we've, we've gone through a lot of pretty amazing stuff together in this time. Yeah. There's a few factors in play. One of them is that I've I've moved uh, uh, several times since then. Um, later that year, 2010, I moved to the East Coast to take a job with Star City Games. And, and that kind of, you know, resets a clock, so to speak. Like I had to get used to my new job, new setting, get involved with a whole new judge community. And then recently, well, now it's been over a year, but I moved back to the West Coast. I'm in Portland now. And, uh, I was the regional coordinator here for the Northwest United States for two years, and that took a lot of my time. And moving to Portland, getting involved in the the local community here has taken a lot of my attention. And Sean uh, has recently also moved to the Northwest to Seattle, but he was fairly stable in Northern California. And he really, he flexed his muscle in in, an area of specialty. And that's really what L4 is about is finding something in the program that needs attention and finding the right person to give that attention to. And Sean, in, in terms of the work he's done with the unsporting conduct and He's continuing to work on uh, judge conduct policies. This is really important stuff going forward. Um, I, I think it's always been his vision. It's always been his passion. And he's the right guy for that job. I like that they both answered for each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, 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 we see that in each other. We're that close. We can we can do that. Best friends. <clears throat> That's not terribly inaccurate, no. So, so uh, Ricky, you mentioned... Uh, that Sean is working on on judge conduct policies, and I don't want to get too much into that because that's not the focus of the episode. But what do you mean by that? Uh, like, like, well, I can you... I can answer for myself on this one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so that's that's so my sphere as a level four judge right now is basically the way that <clears throat> we interact with each other as a program. Um, my job is to ensure that. I mean, we have a program of 5,000 people, you know, and not all of them are nice people. That's just a matter of fact being the scale that we are, and we don't all get along. That's also a simple matter of fact that's going to happen when we get this many people to to try to work together. Um, So what we do then is is say, well, when we screw up in our interactions with one another, we need some way to deal with that error, that conflict – in a fair and consistent way, just like we have policy for fair and consistent tournaments. And so um, my role has been to take on that process and um, try and make it as fair and consistent as possible. Um, And at the same time, um, it's not the sort of process that we put out into the public sphere in, in a whole lot of detail because judging isn't about the misconduct. It's really about the things that we bring to our communities that make them better. And that's, uh, you know, that's really where the focus needs to, to be for this to be successful in the long run. Um, but this does need to still happen. So we, we take care of that and we have that process. And I do think it is a fair process. I do think it is a consistent process. Um, but it's not just me saying that, you know, we have a lot of people who are tasked with this. It's not just one person making decisions in some back room somewhere. It's, it's really, you know, the leadership of the program coming together. It's just that I'm sort of helping guide that process. Um, along with the regional coordinators, um, <clears throat> um, along with other high-level judges, I mean, we're we're very much a, a team effort when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, and that's been my focus because I, I got into that because I was into political organizing and political activism when I was in college, and I went into an internship with uh, a labor union, and that internship ended with me um, leaving the office after a really tough interaction, sort of watching how the sausage got made in California state politics. And I sort of resolved then that I would direct my efforts in some other way that still made the world a better place, but one that I could enjoy more. And um, this is where I found that. I found other other outlets also, like I was a, a clinic escort at Planned Parenthood for a little while. Um, and I, I did other things volunteering like that. Um, but when it came down to it, I wanted to still have fun and still be a part of a community and judging sort of gave me that opportunity and I just sort of latched on and, and ran with it. And I was lucky to find a mentor in Ricky that who, who would recognize that interest and potential in me and foster that. Um, that's one thing that, that Ricky's been, uh, really amazing at in, and that's one of the reasons that he was a great regional coordinator when he did, he was doing that job too was that he has that ability to find what people want to contribute and help them do that better. And uh, that's, you know, that's, that's what he did for me. Awesome. Yeah. I've, I've jokingly referred to Sean's quote unquote sphere as the judge program, internal affairs, which is not entirely fair. It's a little tongue in cheek, but I I think it's very important. Like you said, there's over 5,000 judges now. And unfortunately, when you, when you get to that size, uh, the, the oversight really starts to sag in terms of who you certify and who gets into certain positions. So we, we really need something in place to say, if someone does something bad, what are the consequences? And it doesn't necessarily have to be that they're decertified or demoted, but we need some kind of process in place to say, if people do bad things, like some, there has to be some kind of consequences. So that's why you guys are back to take the show over. 
<laughs> oh, it's it was it's my closings, isn't it? It's, it's just completely inappropriate. It was the it was the Reservoir Dogs joke last episode, wasn't it? <clears throat> I'm sorry. There's still episodes of this thing happening. What? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Rough. So, no, no, I, I do listen to you guys still on a on a fairly regular basis, but I did miss the Reservoir Dogs joke, so I have to I have to claim ignorance there. <laughs> okay. The so let me let me ask. Um, so when you guys started the show back almost five years ago, four and a half, four and a half years ago, um, what and your your goal was to get the message out. Uh, what did you did you plan the episodes out did they did they just come up spontaneously uh how did you go about constructing what you were going to discuss uh and what the schedule was because i do recall the the show coming out somewhat irregularly (laughs) so i was looking back at the schedule of of if you can see this on the in the archives here where where uh episodes were published and our first episode was january 8th and then we have like there's this stretch of like seven weeks where we have one episode a week for some oh. part of that that year. Like every but new episode, then, no, new podcast. Yeah, but but then also you you run into times where we're where we're like I mean it, where it is really a month between episodes or maybe six weeks between episodes, and that's um, or more. And and part of that was um, you know that that real life got in the way, um, and and we didn't really have the same sort of commitment and sense that. You know, we were we were doing something with a something with with a consistency with a with a this wasn't a formal project in the sense that knowledge pool is a formal project or that um, or that some of the other things that we use within the program to sort of help guide our communication. Those are formal projects that are they have somebody who's a high level judge who sits down and says, hey, guys, I'm going to help make sure that you do this and I'm going to support you and. You know, if you need help, if you need resources, let me know and I'm able to help out. When we started this out, it was really just, you know, it was really that, that email from Ricky, like, let's try to see what this looks like, see what we do. And there was no impetus or schedule or organization to it. It was just two guys with a microphone. Um, so that's that's different than now where, you know, you guys are still fairly self-directed. I don't think – I mean, I, I think you guys have, have had some recognition foils sent your way from time to time, I hope. Um, at least uh, you should have in, in the last iteration because I'm pretty sure I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I sent them to you. But, yeah, uh, I think uh, that has happened to me exactly once, and it's the time you're referring to, <clears throat> and I appreciate it. It was unexpected and also. Yeah, I, and but that's the thing is like like even then this is still you know a labor of love. It's a volunteer sort of effort, so there's there's a lot to it that uh, you know I, I I I'm not really sure what it would look like if we were sponsored. You know, if you guys had like you know, brought to you by Star City, Fireball, something, something. Um, I, I don't know how that would look or feel. We, or We'd have a store. We'd have an online store selling shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That would be, that would be, if, if I could have a JudgeCast coffee mug, I would have a JudgeCast coffee mug. Why you not, know, why not I, get a T-shirt? You know, if you guys if you guys actually started a Kickstarter, I would be your first backer, no question. We we've actually we've we've actually started discussing, uh, uh, or or rather, I've had a, a judge volunteer who who uh, who makes shirts uh, uh, volunteer to help. Uh, so that is that is something. And we've also ha- we've also had people write in say that they want uh, uh, the coffee mug of phasing. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. 
I've made I've made a few I've made a few jokes that like the way phasing works is you just take a coffee mug and you turn it upside down, you put it over the card. It's phased out now. <laughs> so we we had a period where we were kind of low on ideas. So so Brian decided to explain phasing on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing that was old, bag of coal. That was the bag of coal episode yeah. for Christmas. It was all the crappy mechanics. <laughs> all you deserve is a lump of coal for Christmas. Because that's what people want to hear about. They do. It, it is. It is. They like, do. People really do want to hear the, the weird stuff. And it's it's a it's a balance because we want to give people the weird stuff because that's interesting. But we also want to educate people on on the other thing. And the truth of the matter is that ninety eight percent of the time, which is a statistic I just made up, but a lot of the time. <laughs> Uh, the stuff that you need to be taught, the stuff that you need on judge floor is the same stuff you need every time on a judge floor. It's not how does phasing work or tell me about this really intricate set of policy corner cases, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the same, oh, I'm mulligan to six and drew seven every time, you know? And that's, so you have to have that balance between the two. Right. And there's there's a lot of, there's the, the listener base is a lot of judges, but there's also a lot of, of, I, I affectionately call them rules nerds uh, that just that just love crawling through the corner cases. I mean, if you look at the, the emails that we get, we get, you know, uh, the uh, chains of Mephistopheles, Sylvan Library mixed with random card number three fairly frequently uh, type emails. So I saw my, my buddy Cameron sent, uh, what was it, Sharzad and Karn's Ultimate? Yeah, well, he did that solely to troll us, but did he? Oh yeah, because because I was like, bam, comparable entry. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite part. Is you're just like, no, it's comparable entry for it. It's it's not even difficult. <laughs> I was like, shut down. <laughs> okay, so um, well, I think that's what's so interesting about rules and judging in Magic: The Gathering, is that it itself is a niche, right? Yeah. But within that, there are several aspects that you can focus on. Like if, if you're talking about tournament settings, it's very important to know how Polychronos' monstrous ability works and, you know, how the triggered ability works, whether you need to target something, you know, if that's mandatory or not, et cetera, et cetera. Like if you're going to play in a standard tournament, you need to know how that works if you get into that situation. Chains of Mephistopheles, I don't think I've ever encountered that in a tournament setting. I have encountered phasing once at a legacy tournament uh, with regards to the batter skull and germ question. Sure. Sapphire uh, charm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was actually, I think it was an enchantment that like phases stuff out. Like you choose a card type and it phases all of that card type out. Oh, Teferi's Realm. Yeah. Yeah, that's also really good. One of, one of my, favorite, uh, my favorite judge calls was it was at a Star City Open, uh, Legacy Open, and a guy plays a uh, wall of caltrops uh, from legends and j- j- go look it up. It's, it's a ridiculous card. That's but not the how judge... the show works. What? Oh, we, we don't tell. I will go look it up. But... I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if we've ever said there's a card. Eh, go look it up. People are dry. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> Whenever wall of caltrops blocks a creature, if at least one other wall creature is blocking that creature and no non wall creatures are blocking that creature. Wall of Caltrops games banding until end of turn. Okay. <laughs> also, this this is like kind of gruesome art. So, oh. so the, the question was, Judge, I go over there and the guy's got the opponent's got Wall of Caltrops out like he's casting it. The other guy shows me a counter spell, uh, a, a counter spell, and says, Judge, what the f is banding? 
<laughs> and so I just I just kind of sit there and really he just he's just like he just wants to know enough about it to know whether or not he's trying to make a strategic decision. So I I end up, you know, hemming and hawing for a second trying to figure out like how I can explain it without going into like a one minute spiel on it. Finally, I just give him the uh, I give him the Oracle text on the card because it's got the reminder text. He's like, oh, OK, I don't care about that. <laughs> but but it was just it was uh, it was an amusing uh, uh, call. They do happen, albeit very rarely. You get calls on banding and phasing and stuff like that. My favorite part about and that. Orf. Oh, he actually didn't say what the F is banding. He actually used the, the actual yeah, we, word. We got that. Uh, my favorite part about that story is he basically got the one perfect judge to answer that question. <laughs> I was like the only one in the, like, on the floor that understood what banding was. Yeah. Brian's like a banding expert. So, because I used to be that rules nerd, I did not bother to relearn banding after the M10 rules change. Yeah, to that. that's yeah, where I was as too. As far as I'm concerned, banding is what a clam session does. <laughs> I don't get it. Someone must got it. It's an unglued card. Yeah. Oh, session is It's and it's it's, it's a uh, because it's, they're playing a band. Yeah, I yeah, got so it. It's banding. How can you? You I got it. You seem to be the kind of person that would be all over unsets. Oh no, I I have that card. I don't. I just didn't. <laughs> Okay. I didn't realize. Right. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So. Did so. you just say sorry? Is this Judge Cast North? <laughs> That's not a thing. Is that a thing anymore? Like, no. I, I mean, I don't think. So, I mean, we should, we should, we should mention, we should mention Judge Cast North. Uh, when, when the guys, uh, uh, I guess it's, it was Sean and Jose at this point. Well, let's, let's, before we get into Judge Cast, let's, let's talk about. Yeah, what happened? Call it the decline. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So, so Ricky. Before or after the golden era? That's all I want to know. Yeah, there was there was the golden era, <laughs> in which case Ricky's ring didn't work against wood. <laughs> okay. And then he he left Judge Cast because Sean was made of wood and they couldn't podcast together. Is that is that what happened, Ricky? No, it was really the move to the East Coast. I don't know how long we continued after that. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think I, I think it was until months. August two thousand nine. There's a little bit happening in September, I guess. Yeah, so I moved in July of two thousand ten. I don't remember Ricky leaving. Like, did that actually happen? Yeah, he he left. I just I remember the episodes coming, you know, further and further apart. But yeah, I think the last episode that I recorded was in Philadelphia. I recorded it on site with Stephen Briggs. And that was October of, I guess, 2009? 2011. 2011, sorry. Yeah, and that was the last one that I recorded hmm. uh, with Stephen Briggs. And that was, I, I think from then on, it was it was like a six-month break or a five-month break there where basically I was, I, I from that time onward, let's see, Philadelphia 2011, that's the, that's, <laughs> that's the tournament where I made level three. Um, and so, so with, with what I was doing, uh, as soon as I basically became level three, I also became a regional coordinator shortly thereafter. Um, and there was no way in hell I was going to keep up with judge cast and do the job of a regional coordinator, um, at the same time. And, uh, of course the regional coordinator won out because, because that's amazing. It's, it's probably the, it's, it's the one it's, it's second to judge cast. Um, no, I got to say this to be real. Um, 
it is being a regional coordinator was was for me like in some ways even better than being a level four um like it, it's been um, it, it was amazing an amazing time for me to be a part of my community in a way that i yeah but that's what that's why that changed um yeah i i think one of the keys here is it, it takes three that's what i've always felt <clears throat> Uh, it takes three people to have a three people that are good friends and have good chemistry to keep each other honest and keep each other on schedule, et cetera, et cetera. If it's just two and then one of them falls out, then it, it you know, it's just going to die. So when it when I dropped out and it just became the two of them, I think it it got a lot harder for them, and there was no good third to replace me with. I think I agree with that. I know that when we brought Brian on, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, but when we brought Brian on, it was uh, a significant change in the dynamic. Um, but as far as keeping it going, like, I don't think that, uh, like, that's, I don't know if it takes three. I think it just takes CJ. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, I'm sure you agree that, that with, without a CJ specifically, we probably would never record on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because what, what CJ does for us in, in this iteration is he he preps the show notes uh, and puts them out normally like a day in advance or at least four or five hours in advance. He does the recording. He does the editing. He does all the posting. He answers half of the emails uh, at least. Uh, so he puts in a lot, a lot of time um, behind the, behind the scenes. And I don't think that we would, we would be where we are without Mr. Schrader. He'd be fine. Jaw. Yes. You're too nice to me on these. You, you like Sean. So, yeah. so before we get too sidetracked and a couple of very specific people get upset with us, <laughs> let's finish what we were saying about George, Ga- just guess North. Who did not so, have me? So <laughs> well, there, there you go. And that, that is that is why reason number <laughs> so, one. So Judge Cast, Judge Cast version one point was was winding down. Um, and as as I as I understand it, and Sean, you correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ CJ contacted you about maybe picking it back up at roughly the same time as Charlotte Sable contacted you. I don't know whether it was Charlotte or Chris, but contacted you about maybe also starting up a judge cast at roughly the same time. Yeah, that they were about the same time in CJ and uh, Charlotte coming to me, although she actually came to me later um, than CJ. And actually there was a previous version of this uh, th- where I think Ben McDowell, I tried to get you <laughs> And Ben and a couple, and I think one other yeah. person together, and that sort of like the logistics of, of Skype for that time didn't ever work out. The unerrable so, episode. Well, I can t- I can tell you about that episode because that episode is sitting on my hard drive. It's, it's and the a lost episode, right? Yeah, that episode uh, will never be aired. Ben McDowell, oh, wow. myself, Deborah Freeland. It was Spirit Fingers. Spirit Fingers. <laughs> um, that's her, her self-given nickname, by the way. Um. We did an episode. It was right when Lapsing Triggers came out, the first iteration. And what we did was we were recording the episode, talking about all the IPG changes. Um, and then, like, right as we were recording, the email came out that said, uh, we're redacting this version of the IPG. Uh, a new one will come out at some point. So we were like, okay, well, we'll just get back together then and record it. And then the episode ended up being just absolutely unairable stuff because we just started making jokes and stuff like that. So it was like, it's like three hours of stuff that if it aired, uh, it would, 
Sean, you said that you're dealing now with judges that say bad things. Um, that, that would uh, that would probably show up on your desk. And, uh, okay, um, I can be clear. I, I do not deal with judges who say bad things. We're, we're people. We oh. say terrible things to each other. I mean, because it, I, I don't want to give anyone the impression that uh, if someone, you know, slips up and drops an F-bomb on the tournament floor, oh, no, somehow no, no. they should email me. Please don't. That's Sorry. I, I maybe, don't. maybe I'm 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 including a little bit of information about what went on during that episode that the rest of the world doesn't have. If that episode got out, it would show up. It had a lot of. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I said, oh, no, 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 I'll cut this out in editing. It just became awful. So. Um, One thing that, I, that, I, that's also probably why I didn't, that's also why we didn't really pick it up because again is because the amount of editing that would have to have been done to salvage that episode would have been immense. So one thing I do want to add is, is Jess and I both contacted Sean at about the same time. Um, like we did not know each other before before that first that, episode. That's true. That's actually I have a question, Sean. What, what was the timing on that? Um, I'd just, have to check my email archives, but I mean. It ended up the way it should have. I mean, you guys, you guys are together doing this, and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I, I tracked Sean down at an event somewhere. It was like, "Hey, this judge cast thing," and he was like, "Hey, there's this other guy," and I was like, "Who's this CJ schmuck?" That's weird because I remember it being the opposite, where I went to Sean and Sean said there was another guy. So you, I thought you were first. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, doesn't matter, I but it's, it's quite possible that. One of you came to me and I was like, yeah, I'll think about it. And then the other one was like, hey, and I, yeah. But regardless, you guys have come together, you know, in, in a great way for this episode and for this whole God. Whole, I'm, I'm, CJ, just cut this whole damn thing out, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when was that, that, that you guys got together um, 2.0? Well, it felt like I emailed uh, Sean around. Uh, February 27, 2012 or so. <laughs> if I if I had to guess. Um uh yeah, I, I want to say it was uh was it March, April that year that we started recording somewhere there. Anyway, so episode 36 of Judgecast, yeah, whatever that was, uh was Sean handing the show off to CJ and I. Yes. And uh and we had some we had some rough starts there for a little while. It wasn't you know our, we, the chemistry was not quite there. Um and then that was helped a little bit when we had Brian on the show. And then it just was mostly practice and getting used to doing it. Um, to be totally honest, though, I think I've learned more about being a judge from, from JudgeCast than from a lot of other things I've done, just because of all the times that I've been like, oh, my God, I don't want to be wrong about this and, <laughs> and say it out loud uh, and have everybody know that forever that, that I was wrong with this. It happens anyway, but... Yeah, it turns out it's episode number 34, which was March 14th, 2012. That was 34? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so getting time back in, Judge Cast North also sent off a, a email shortly after. Um, they spawned up their own uh, version of Judge Cast, Judge Cast North. It was, right, and, uh, and that was by design for me because I didn't think that the coordination between your group and, and Charlotte's was going to work out in terms of logistics and timing. Um, and I, I think the, the chemistry there too, I mean, we all know that Canadians and Americans don't mix that well. Right. Um, yeah. but no, s s sincerely. Oil and water. Yeah. But, but sincerely, I think the, you know, she, she asked me about using the judge cast brand and I said, absolutely go for it. You know, if you want to make it your own in some way, fine. However you want to do this, as long as it's being done, I'm not a, not a complete embarrassment to the program. Like, please absolutely go for it. 
and she she did some awesome work up there. Absolutely. Yeah, they they did. I, I want to say roughly twelve episodes. <laughs> Is that? Oh, that's not a joke. No, 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 no. I think it's in the twenties. Is it? Yeah. I see you're going to MTG cast to check because unlike I, I, unlike us. Yeah, number it, 25 was their most recent. Yeah. Uh, unlike us, where you can check us out at judgecast.com, yeah. they don't have their own website. Um, okay. Yeah, so this was this was Charlotte Sable and Chris Lansdale, and Chris was a veteran of podcasting at this yes, point. that's yeah. true. Oh, yeah, okay. I. But so was Brian when we added him. Yeah, it was... Oh. <laughs> so, so... That's right, Brian Perlman was just like Chris Lansdell. Just like him. Well, I did uh, a podcast before um, when I moved on here with my local playgroup, uh, and we called it the Avant Card Show, and it was basically just it was ba- it basically followed a similar format, or at least conceptually, as the Mana Pool, um, and where we talked about casual multiplayer stuff. And I was kind of the, the, you know, if we were all Muppets, I was the Sam the Eagle character trying very, very hard to just keep things, or, or maybe Scooter, trying to keep things on the rails while everyone else just kind of ran around and destroyed things. Uh, and yeah, so we did that for about on and off for about two years uh, prior to this point. So I had I had some, but I wouldn't really say in any way, shape or form that I was a pro in any stretch of the imagination that now, I, I gotta ask Brian since you since you opened this can of worms okay if we were all Muppets who would we be oh man <laughs> well so I don't have good answers for that that's fine don't worry about it. I, was, <laughs> I was curious we, we actually like, did. We actually did a few years ago. We did like for for Christmas. We did all the Florida judges. We just decided we're going to be Muppets. We're going to change our profile picture to Muppets, and we formed a little committee because if any, if Florida is good at anything, it's spontaneously organizing nonsense. Um, and I we, concur. Yes, we organized a committee. And we we had people opt in where they just said, I'm in. And then we discussed inside this committee what Muppet they were, and we assigned them a Muppet. And some judges, there was a lot more debate than others. Um, But yes, it is something. I would say that CJ is probably one of the tall. If you watch the opening to the Muppet show, there's like these two really tall, lanky judges or not judges, Muppets. (laughs) uh, They just kind of stand around and do a little dance, but don't really say anything. Uh, That was one of them would be CJ. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, all right. So, if anyone out there misses Charlotte, by the way, you can you can find her on uh, uh, magicjudge.tumblr.com. It might be Magic Judges, but she's been holding that down for uh, for quite a while now. So, and it's interesting. Chris Lansdell. She, she does a lot of other work too. For a long time, she was the uh, on the official Wizard site for like the the rules lookup page right there. Um, that's a, that was something that she was updating. Um, there are plenty of other – yeah, she's been an awesome active member of the community. Um, and I think I saw her just recently, um, I want to say, at, at GP Boston. Um, I think I remember seeing her there. So, yeah, I, it's it's hard for me to playing. remember. Yeah, yeah, she was playing, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's – I'm really glad to see that, you know, just like we can – you know, Ricky and I can move on from JudgeCast and do these things, other things. You know, she's got a ton of other things she's doing too. Uh, Chris Lansdell has also he is an author at Mana Deprived, uh, ManaDeprived.com, where he writes articles there fairly frequently. And then he has also a podcast currently called Pairings, 
where he does like a, a one-on-one interview with someone in the magic community now. So uh, both of those, they are still out there. They are still active. Uh, they have just uh, moved on to other other projects. And I went back and I listened to a few episodes when we, when we were still going on. I was kind of playing up the rivalry between Judge Cast and Judge Cast North. I was probably a little, little too zealous <laughs> in that. It was, it was just joking. It was, but I listened. I listened to one, the one that uh, we had Raven Fox on uh, <laughs> for state-based actions, and I kind of listened to it, and I was wincing a little bit. I was just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, I was joking, but it doesn't sound like I was joking. Oh, I thought you were just referring to that one as one of our worst episodes. Oh no, no. Well, we, we got good ones and bad ones. Yeah. So he says, like, we're we're done. Like, <laughs> we're we're definitely going to continue with Judge Cast in case anyone's wondering. So can we can we at this point, uh, the the current host, can we talk about like our introduction to Judge Cast and what like how we came to know about it and what it meant to us? Yeah, sure. Uh, speaking of introductions to Judge Cast, hey Jose. Oh. Hey guys! Yeah, yeah. I was worried he, he wouldn't work. Jose, I wish I could. I, I hear your voice, and it makes me want to hug somebody so damn hard. Oh, hug yeah. your wife. <laughs> That's somebody, Jose. Yeah, yeah. Jose, Jose has that effect on people. His hugs are epic. I am, I am a, a good hugger. I think uh, people who deserve hugs should get hugs. So, Jose, tell us about how you guys started on JudgeCast. Uh, I got started on JudgeCast? Yeah. Oh, good question. Um, so Sean and I are friends uh, since uh, we were both in Sacramento. And uh, he was doing uh, JudgeCast. And he was doing an episode on, I think it was vintage cards and counterfeiting. That's kind of how, that was the the gateway to uh, pull me in there. And we did an episode, uh, feels like ages ago, uh, where I had just bought an unlimited time twister. And I was very nervous that it was counterfeit because it looked a little weird to me. I remember that. I remember you guys talking about the bin test and all that. Oh, man. I remember. I have, I have the pictures from that bin test somewhere. Yes. And I thought these guys are crazy to bend that card. <laughs> Mostly me crazy. It's not like Sean put me up to it. Right. I'm like, you know, I, I thought if this is legit, then, you know, it is now not near mint. If it is not legit, well, it was always toilet paper. And I was out to <laughs> um, Speaking of old Judge Cast, my buddy Nick Zittimer uh, won Ricky's Packs. In a contest? Are you guys going to ship those or <laughs> like what's what's the deal there? That's the real reason we had you guys. Wanted to ambush that one. Yeah, they're uh, they're on the way, right? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're probably like extremely valuable packs of World Wake or something. No, no they, they were uh, a lot. Shards. Yeah, shards of a lot. Oh. Okay, why didn't yeah, you say I, I, something in the three years I was on the East Coast? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's only been a judge for like two years, so I didn't know the whole time. Oh well, Spirit Fingers won the other set of packs, so, so ship it, ship it, ship it. Ship I'll it. take those. I'll take those now. Uh, so Brian, bef- uh, where where were we? Oh, you want to uh, talk about uh, the new, new hosts? New, new hosts, like our introduction to Judge Cast, what it meant to us. Because uh, um, I think well, we I, I don't think we're done. With, I don't think we're done with uh, with Jose's introduction actually, because we had Jose. Your first episode with us, I think, was episode two, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I. I. It was. It was way back there. Yeah. It was, it was episode uh, back two when, because uh, that's people that's, were still uh, in horse-drawn carriages and uh, magic was the new game on the block. 
because hoop and stick just wasn't that fun. Because <laughs> so. I think that was also where we we certified you. on. Uh, you were my first level one certification when I became level two. Oh, wow. And I became level two in episode two, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Epi- episode one started with you level one, Ricky level three. And then episode two started with uh, Jose level one, you level two, Ricky level three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole the whole joke of you gained the judge cast gained two levels. Ricky was promoted to level five. Right. <laughs> right. And, yes. that, and that has changed. Obviously, uh, Sean, uh, with, I'll interject. I think hearing Sean and Ricky's voice, I'm, I'm going to say, too, that that's uh, pretty nostalgic for me. I really like it. I really miss those guys. Uh, whether they miss me or not, I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, I tried to give Ricky a hug uh, at one GP that I saw him at, but uh, he was having none of it. But <laughs> I do miss those guys. They're uh, they're great folks. Well, your hugs are epic, but they're also intimidating at times. I mean, you are you are you know large large bearded man coming at you with arms arms spread wide. So I can usually see. running. Yeah, usually yeah. <laughs> I'm usually just full bore. Uh, Towards uh, and Sean is now you know head judging a lot of stuff, so I have to like leap over the uh, deck reg table to get to the podium <laughs> where he's making his announcements. So yeah, if you don't get there fast enough, his bodyguard snatch you. Yeah, it's it's true, and we all know how fast uh, ninja judges can move. So 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 Jose, we we talked a, a little bit uh, to to Sean and Ricky about what what they're doing now. Uh, what, so what are you up to these days? Well, I'll tell you what, my story is probably a lot less epic than theirs. Um, I have been not doing much as far as judging is concerned. Like, I thought you guys were going to talk about how, you know, Sean has obviously uh, moved up to uh, to epic level. Uh, you know, not super epic level five level yet, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. moved up to epic level um, and uh, all that. But I'm still, you know, Jose Boveda, level one, Sacramento, California. And that is because I've been I've been pretty busy. I've been uh, uh, doing a bunch of stuff like life has kind of gotten in the way. Um, But I always thought that was a good segue to talk about judges who are less active in the judge community and how the pickup and re-engagement of judges is something that not a lot of people focus on. That's true. That's you know, we, we, we do focus on acquisition of judges a lot. We focus on retention of judges quite a bit. But then there are, there is a segment of judges that kind of become less active. And then how do we get those people back into judging is a good question. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, it's it's kind of hard. Even having a, a great store like five minutes from my house. Um, and I do go there, uh, you know, semi-frequently, I guess, maybe like once a month now, I guess. Um, on average. And I tell them, Hey, uh, you know, if you need judges, if you need a judge, I will judge. And somehow just, you know, the, the application deadline is like a week long and I'm not online that week or whatever. So it, it becomes pretty tough to, to see the people I want to see. I end up seeing a lot of people just, uh, going to GPs as a civilian. Actually, I'll be in, uh, uh, Grand Prix Salt Lake city, uh, as a civilian. I'll be there. Me too. I'm also oh. going to be playing in Grand Prix Salt Lake City. It's very exciting for me. Oh, okay, you convinced me I, I'm going. I am going online to find an air, airfare right now. Seriously, does that mean I, Ricky? Are you going to Salt Lake City? Yeah, I'll be there. So does that mean Brian is going to be the only one here that's no. not Salt Lake City? Probably. All right, Brian-free episode of JudgeCast. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of episodes of JudgeCast and historic things, I think. Now that we've brought Jose on, this might be the episode that has the most judge levels. Yes, 
Uh, Our investigations yeah. episode had a lot of judge levels. Yeah. Yeah, but no, this one, this one is we've got. Yeah. 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 Unless you it. count the episode where Tamak claims to be a level nine thousand judge. <laughs> well, I do. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the second that one has an asterisk next to it because he's a he's a Watsy guy. Not only is he a Watsy guy, he's rules manager, so he kind of like puppeteer things right you know what i'm saying he's like well now the uh, damage on the stack is back guess what what, guys? what? i answered something right. wrong let me grab a pen for a second hold on <laughs> right he's uh, never wrong by way of editorial powers right even when he's wrong he's suddenly right is pretty impressive i've seen that that occur uh okay so I already told my story about how I got, how I learned about JudgeCast and, and got into it. And we already talked about how I even started hosting it. Um, I was such a big super fan. I, I, like a creep, I asked to split a room with Seacat at PT Philadelphia because I was like, oh, Sean Cadenese, I love him. But yeah, I've always just been a fan. Boy. Fanboy. Oh. Did, did you end up splitting the room with him? Yeah. Yeah, we shared a room. Yep. Yep. That yeah. Snore? Uh, no, I don't remember. I don't think so. No, no, actually for, for the pro tour in Philly, that's, that's where I tested for level three. Right. That's, um, oh, so you didn't sleep. <laughs> no, no, actually I didn't. The, the, the night after the night that I made level three, I, I, um, that was actually the impetus for me to, so I, the night that I made level three, I spent five hours wandering the streets of downtown Philadelphia until about three in the morning. Uh, with Allison Medwin, and she and I talked for a long ass time. We were we, we we spent the entire time talking about how we can make magic a more welcoming environment for women in the game. Uh, we we spent the and and it was talking about how social dyna- dynamics work in or, or organizations of volunteers. Talking about how. Um, how the the social dynamic of of geeks and and gamers and how we can make that better and how we can make that more accepting for women in the game, especially especially judging. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about that specifically and uh, formed a really great friendship out of that. And um, I think you know I owe a lot of my work in that area to that conversation and to her specifically. And Allison uh, works at Wizards now. Yep, she's an R and D. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I think I wandered around downtown Philadelphia for five hours looking for anyone serving alcohol. Still, that was um, looking for Sean. <laughs> that party was something. I didn't get to go. I know you didn't. I was what, so what, sad. What party was this? Was this the the celebrate that Sean is level three party? No, it was the post pro tour dinner. Oh, okay. But there were six, seven new L threes. So yes, yeah, there were seven. Of us. Yeah, yeah, there were seven. Pretty nuts. And of of those seven, several of them were almost immediately turned into regional coordinators. Yeah, uh, I think Dan Briggs. Dan Stevens uh, was among them. Stephen Briggs. Uh, yeah, there's Turner. lots of what's that? Turner. Turner. Yeah. Or was that later? That was, a, that was like a month later. A month to two months later. I love when you guys still. When you guys talk about this, and uh, and now looking back on it from what we have now as a program, that just feels like the wild, wild west of it does. of L threes and regional coordinators. Well, and actually, that we were the first group to go through a semi formal checklist process. Also, uh, there was a there was actually it was a concerted effort to sort of get a bunch of us because we knew that at that point the the higher level judges in the program knew that pro tour testing was not going to happen in the long run. 
and that it was unlikely that we would have this sort of concentration of really good high level panel capable level threes and fours in the room with a bunch of folks that were ready to advance to level three and sort of Philadelphia was that sort of perfect storm of let's and, and actually that I use that that haha because a couple of weeks before the event perfect horrible storm up there um but that was a really great coalescence of a whole bunch of different you know reasons that we could have that kind of advancement happen right then and there um but yeah we now nowadays two level threes in one gp weekend is un, is is unusual yeah also at that event brian told me that i was way more interesting online than i am in person oh yeah <laughs> and i and i and i mean that still man. i would still yeah it's true you were at the you were at the conference. Was it last week? The week before last? Yeah, and I smashed. And you were man. I was like, I go up and talk to him, and I was like, Hey, CJ, and he's like, Hey, hey. I'm like, How's it going? Good. Maybe it's you. <laughs> Maybe I, it's I think me. I like you because I, I do not have this experience. Yeah. Me and Jess just had a lovely dinner. We did. We went out to dinner, and uh, uh, with with uh, CJ's wife. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Adding her to the mix. He's he's you know he's charming on <laughs> her. Uh, oh, he was turning on all the charm. Yeah, yeah so much I charm. felt bad. She was very jealous of me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing, one thing that I want to say: uh, when I was coming up, so I became a level one. Uh, I learned about Judge Cast mainly because I stumbled on it when it was on the MTG Cast Network, probably around like episode three or four, and listening to you guys uh, really helped prepare me for level two. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those things that I kind of, I, I, I listened to and I, I almost treated like a study guide in a lot of, in a lot of ways, uh, because having something explained to me is always a lot better than having it, you know, than reading it in the, in the documents. Cause those, you know, when you get a little bit of extra context, it helps make things stick. Um, I'm going to tell you guys, I alluded to this a little bit. I'm going to tell a secret that I haven't, uh, uh, actually wrote into judge cast. I think it was like episode, it was one of the early teens. Um, the question that I wrote in, I was, I'd been a judge for a while, uh, but I was completely embarrassed that I didn't know the answer to this question. I was too embarrassed. I, I couldn't ask. Uh, I, I couldn't ask any of the judges in my area because I was too embarrassed to admit that I didn't know the answer to this question. So I was, and I knew that you know judges up there they talk, and I didn't want to. You know, it, it would be embarrassing if people knew that I didn't know this. So I sent an email from an AOL account. Uh, or I modified my name and I changed the the wording a little bit. And really, all I wanted to know was I didn't know if the upgrade path for for the penalties at the time it was uh, morning warning game loss match loss DQ I think was the, the 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 process at the time. And I didn't know whether that applied to all gameplay errors. Like so, if you got like a looking at extra cards and then a GRV and then a draw, you know, a drawing extra cards, a miss trigger, if that was the upgrade path, those three things, or if it was in each category, I didn't know. So I wrote an email in, and I I didn't want to like be like, oh, this is a judge asking this. So I I changed the question up and I used some wrong words in my question. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Okay, hold on, hold on. But it gets even better. Name. It gets even better. It gets even better. I changed it too much because when they answered the question, they didn't answer the question that I asked at all or the question that I intended to ask. And I got all excited and I didn't get answered. And and I, I ended up having to go and ask anyway. Wow. Yeah. So they were well, like, that is, that is a crazy story. That is awesome. One of our gimmicks at the time was that Sean would read the email. Like I would assign a random country or something yeah. where the reader, the, the emailer was from. And Sean would read it in a, in the voice of that country or, or accent. So do you remember if he, if he did I anything? I don't remember. I actually went to the JudgeCast account, uh, the email account to see if I could find that email. And I think it's gone. Like I can't, I know the email address that I used. I couldn't find the email. Um, but, but basically I remember, I remember writing it like I was concerned. I was a player and I was concerned as to how I would get these, like I was new and I might make a lot of mistakes. And basically you guys addressed it as don't worry about that. It's you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was just like, don't outsmarted yourself. <laughs> I outsmarted myself. And then I had to just go and ask. And then they changed the way the upgrades worked and I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Saved by policy rewrite. <laughs> Brian.dumpster at gmail.com. Oh, you found it? Brian Hoover. But you spelled <laughs> Brian differently in the email address than the actual name. Yes. Okay, it is in there. Wow, I just found it. Brian.dumpster at gmail.com. <laughs> Should I read it? Oh, yes. Uh, you must. First time listener, first time caller. I am new to the game and was recently in a tournament, and I got a warning for a game rule violation after I cast a wall of omens with UU instead of U white. <laughs> it was my first warning I had received. I understand that warnings can be upgraded if you keep making mistakes, but I hear there are different upgrade paths. I have heard three warnings become a game loss, and I have heard your second warning becomes a game loss. <laughs> Which is correct. Are the paths distinct or can you cross the streams and mix between the two? Still quoting Ghostbusters. Oh, <laughs> cross the streams. That sounds familiar. Wow. Way back then. Yes. Wow. Ah. Oh, That's so funny. All because I wanted to know. That is so funny. Yes. And because like now, now you must know. That's a very common question. I remember asking that exact same question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, but I was... I was so completely embarrassed that I didn't know and I was too, I was too embarrassed to ask so I constructed this and really what what I got to tell people is just it's just ask you know you don't need to feel embarrassed about this stuff I know I know it might feel that way but any any question that you ask is not the only stupid question is one that you don't ask okay if you don't if you don't know the answer ask no one's going to think less of you and that's, and that's know, something I can say on this end, but on the other end of it, I, I completely felt the <laughs> other way. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that uh, philosophy. And I challenge the listeners to write in and let us know when asking a question of a judge made them feel stupid because of the interaction. Look at I'm curious to hear that. I feel like there's two things that are going to happen. One, people are going to figure out there's there must be some judge out there that is not doing their job and not, you know answering policy and focusing on uh, customer service, things like that. But two, more importantly, I think they're going to realize that they don't have those moments. They don't have moments where they ask a judge and the judge is like, of course, (laughs) you know, Um, because I think that if there are moments like that, that judge needs to take a hard look in the mirror. And I think that it's very important for people to ask questions. 
policy changes, rules change. You're not going to know everything. You're not going to know most things. Um, and there's a lot of judges out there with some great experience. And just asking a question can just open a, a, a floodgate of uh, information. You may end up with a five-hour conversation that will uh, change uh, change your life. So, And that's why we had Jose on the show. <laughs> right? He brings a fantastic perspective and it, it's a condescending term, but in, in Trek, in Star Trek, there's a term called cabbage head. It's used <laughs> okay. to describe. So it's used to describe when there's a scene involving, like, say, Data and Geordi, oh. and they're talking about the dilithium crystals. There will often be a third character, like Counselor Troy or, you know, Worf, who is not well versed in warp, warp field functions and all that. So they will ask questions. So there's like, well, what does that mean? And then they'll explain it to them because we in the audience need to know what's going on. So it's important to have, you know, as, as Sean and I continue to to advance as judges and, and get a different perspective on things, it was really great for us to have Jose on the show giving us a real grounded perspective of, you know, kind of the the normal guy. I will proudly wear a cabbage on my head. <laughs> does that mean does that mean that that we should be summing these up into to nice little metaphors, like and talking about reversing the polarity is the answer to all the questions? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I lost track of what we were talking about. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still like I did not know that cabbage head was a term. <laughs> I never heard the term cabbage head, but I, I have always tried to play what I would call the Jose role on this show. Um, I'm not sure if people always got that, but. <laughs> I, I like Jose's role was always so important because uh, you look at my co-hosts and uh, they know a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, they know I mean, a lot. come on! Like I'm 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 sitting there in a chair uh, talking with Sean and Ricky. Yeah, <laughs> I I always felt like uh, it was a little out of my depth, but I also never stopped trying. <laughs> that oh, was sure. that was the important part. Um, and I think being you know uh, as a community, being welcoming is a very important part of how I see uh, the judge community. So uh, I, I was always happy to to push that uh, agenda, but mostly I was just dumb. <laughs> I think so. Well, apparently the term cabbage head is not official in any kind of way because I can't find any reference to it online. But I read about it somewhere. So. <laughs> I believe you. So when I thought when you, you made uh, immediately made the reference to cabbage head, I thought about the uh, the what is it? Alan Rickman's character from Galaxy Quest. I think he kind of had like a cabbage growthy thing coming out of the back of his head, didn't he? Or at least the the costume that he had to wear. No, I do uh, not remember that movie at all. What is wrong? What? It's a great movie. It's Netflix streaming. Go watch it. <laughs> it's, it is legitimately really funny. Um, but no, he was just like a <laughs> so can cling on. Google Google image for cabbage head is quite ridiculous. I, <laughs> I kind of feel like oh my goodness. In in the days following the publication of this uh, podcast. <laughs> There's going to be some Photoshop work done. <laughs> we can only hope. Wow. Of, of Ricky as a cabbage head, right? Right, that's what you're yes, getting Yes, exactly okay. right, yes. I'm that's getting a lot of kids space. in the whole skit. Um, yeah, I would I would be more than happy to see any, really any host of Judge Cast as a cabbage head. That would, yeah. that would amuse me. Naturally. All right. So, sorry, go ahead. So this we we've we've talked about we've talked about Judge Cast like where where it's been. So where's it going, guys? Oh, I guess that's for us. Yeah. No, we're taking back over. Oh. 
So, yeah, Jose, you missed the opening. Oh, we're so... in here for it. They, uh, yeah. they opened the show as though the, 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 we had never existed, and it had just continued on. And I wish you had been there for that. I, <laughs> I am a little bit sad that you were not. Actually, quite a lot sad that you were not. Fever dream. <laughs> yes. Pretty much exactly That's exactly that. it. <laughs> we'll, we'll never have the chemistry they had. Um, <laughs> but as far as where we're going next, oh, man. Uh, I mean... There's so many places we can. Hey, we can we can start a podcast. Um, <laughs> like I, I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea what's next. Uh, you know, if I had more time, now that I know all of us are going to be at Salt Lake, right, Brian? Um, <laughs> yeah. Then, sure. uh, I, I would get us Judge Cast host shirts made, <laughs> and then so there at Salt Lake. Sean's trying to, to push us to make a, a Kickstarter for Judge Cast, so maybe that's something. I, I've always felt weird about Kickstarter, but um, I also don't pay uh, all the server fees. <laughs> Just does. Just pays all the all the costs. Me and Brian don't pay anything, so uh, uh, it's easy to, to be weird about a Kickstarter since I'm not paying the money. <laughs> I mean, it's not that much money, really. No. I mean, it, it, it is an amount, but it is not like. It's not like we have massive bandwidth issues because of server so, traffic, right? So we have, as far as ideas go, we have ideas. You know, uh, I don't want to like talk about you know talk about them because as far as like putting those plans into motion, we haven't really started yet. So we have suggestions of things that we want to do when the free time comes up because much like. Uh, uh, Jose said real life gets in the way. Uh, Sean, when he became RC, he had a lot of responsibilities uh, uh, that were that that took time away from putting into putting into the show. We're we're all in a in a in a similar situation. I mean, this is this is something that we do because we we enjoy it. Uh, we want to grow grow it more. Yet at the same time, we also have other projects, other duties. We like going to events on weekends occasionally, and some people like to go to Salt Lake City for some reason. I don't know why. So and some people have wives too. Yeah, don't they do. Uh, you know, wives and lives and stuff like that, and kids and stuff like that. That's actually um, uh, one thing. The reason why we record on Tuesday nights. Uh, and I, I was actually thinking about this. Yeah. Well, well yeah, we're, we're on a Thursday right now, but we typically record on a Tuesday night. And the reason that happens is because that was a night that I didn't, uh, I have my daughter half time. And that was, uh, uh, Tuesdays was originally the day of the, one of the days of the week that I didn't have her. And that's why we started recording on Tuesdays. Cause that was, I think one of my stipulations was I could record on Tuesdays or Thursdays. Uh, and CJ had, uh, was unable to do it on Thursdays. So that's how it gravitated towards Tuesday. So, uh, human, uh, real life does, uh, uh, intrude on, uh, on judge time. Yeah, and that's not that's not a rare thing. I don't think anybody no. listening is like, what do you mean you have real life that gets in the way? You know, I, I think all of us do kind of struggle with that, especially, uh, uh, you know, it, judging itself is a concerted effort to take on something like JudgeCast, which is awesome that, you know, we get the chance to be on here, that it, this is still going. I think it's very cool. Um, I think it's just, you know, that extra, that extra oomph, you know, judges know that we, we do it, you know, out of love, but yeah, it's not, we, there are other things to love, <laughs> other things that take our time too. So downer, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> 
So as far as far as the podcast itself, as far as the fortnightly podcast that we put out, I don't think anything's going to change there. So so sixty something episodes later, people still don't know what fortnightly means. Fortnightly is correct. It's biweekly that people don't know what that means. For every two weeks is what it means. Yes. You do have, I guess every two weeks. Fortnightly, we release an episode, and that's not going to change. We're nowhere near running out of topics, and uh, and there's... although one of the biggest complaints we get is that it's only every other week and not weekly. yeah like that's that, probably one of the main two complaints so the other one we're breaking right now and that the episodes are sometimes too long and like yeah we're well, crushing that it's people will long. get over it this time but uh <laughs> yeah doing weekly i mean the reality is for me at least if we did weekly i wouldn't be able to keep it up weekly right yeah i can keep it up fortnightly i cannot keep it up weekly so we do it fortnightly so we don't burn out yep. makes sense Plus, if we did it weekly, you'd probably have more episodes on, like, it's like, this episode, we're going to cover the ins and out of substance. <laughs> substance. Sub- substance. Substance. Sorry, substance. 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 Yes. For, for those, it's for a those... pretty substantial topic. Yes. <laughs> Guys. For those of you that don't know, that's a, that's a now defunct mechanic that let things that were cast as instance persist or go away or something like that get rid of it again what's that they changed it back no i mean it went away but it it used to be something where it's like if you cast it as an instant it gained or gained substance substance and then and then if it lost it you had to sack it or something like that and then they just decided then they just decided that was dumb and they changed the oracle text on the cards and got rid of the 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 word it sounds like it would have been a great topic it it sounds like it's pretty substantial uh to talk oh just made that joke joke. it's fine (laughs) i don't like either one of you (laughs) uh all right well i don't know about you guys but i'm ready for some emails yeah i think we should uh Answer some questions. We should let let the old team do it. The the, the old guard take some questions. What do you guys think? Yes, I think that's a wonderful idea. So what, what you're saying is it's mail time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you do realize that having made level four, I haven't answered a rules question in about six months, right? You'll that's be. okay. All you have to do is read them in a uh, Swedish accent. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, being from from Ballard uh, here in in uh, Seattle. Ballard is a historically uh, Norwegian, Swedish, uh, Nordic area of Seattle. So I've actually, unbeknownst to you, Jose, I have actually been preparing to read my first question um, in a Swedish accent. So here we go. Um, this comes from Jesse. Jesse is from, let's say, Norway. Norway. Um, <clears throat> how day, Jesse writes, how day. Quick question. If you control a first response, can your opponents avoid the effect by damaging your teammate? Thanks. I, I Okay, so I'll read first response because I don't know what else to say. Uh, at the beginning of each upkeep, if you lost life this the, uh, last turn, put a 1-1 white soldier creature token onto the battlefield. Can we, can we do that for every email? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Read, I, I've decreed it. Read the oracle oh, sorry, text. I was raising my hand. I thought we were taking a silent vote. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, I, I'm about to jump into the answer here. I just, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead and answer it. Yeah. All right. Well, Jess okay. is the first to respond. Yes. I am the first response. Uh, the first response is that if your opponents damage your teammate, 
then it is your teammate losing life, and this will this will not make first response do what first response does. Yeah, because even though your team's life total went down, you didn't lose life last turn. Right. So. So even though even though you share a life total, individual players still lose and gain life independently. So similarly, if I have say an a Johnny's pride mate, which says that whenever I gain life, it gets a plus one plus one counter. Uh, if my if my teammate gains life into a giant, then I am not going to be able to put a counter on that guy because I didn't gain life, my teammate gained life. This works exactly the same way. Does anyone have anything to add to that? No. No. It's too okay. advanced silliness. Does it work uh, if you set a life total to something? Uh, you're still setting a life total for a specific person, and and then they're losing that much life. So it's the same. It's the same deal. Like if I say if I do Soren's uh, negative whatever target player's life total becomes 10 i would have to choose i would just choose the player that doesn't have uh first response and then and then i'd be able to get around it mm. Ooh. next mm. next email who's this or where's this guy from boston boston I, i'm sorry did you want, actually want me to read this in a boston accent yes and it's a lot longer <laughs> uh, i i I thought that was like a one-off gimmick thing. Oh. No. There's a reason I didn't carry that one on. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, this was... I don't even know how... That, okay, that's... All right, all right, hold on. All right, no, no, no. Okay. This is... I was um, say, I'll let you I, I have to get. It, I have to channel my my aunt and my 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 stepfather's side of the family because that's that's they're from Boston. Do, do you, uh, they're they're, like, they're that, yeah. Do you know they, people from everywhere? Because you always are like, are you just making it up? I'm a judge. I know pull, people. Pull from back everywhere. the curtain here. Are you just making up that you know all these people with accents? Pay no attention to the accent yeah. behind the curtain. No, I mean, I, I can't. I, I that that whole Swedish thing was based off the guy on Hell on Wheels. So I mean, he I don't is he actually Swedish? I don't know, but. Uh, no, the, um, I'm really having a hard time with Boston accent right now. I'm, I can't, I can't even visualize ka, khakis, khakis. I lost my khakis. <laughs> well, <laughs> the only thing I can say in a Boston accent is no ma. <laughs> uh, when I returned Mary Jane and the cow, got, okay, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I love them. Dear Judge Cast, dear, dear Judge Cast, thank you for answering my question on, a, on air a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> You Sorry. have helped me immensely, and even though I don't cheat, <laughs> and have always, uh, <clears throat> and always have shuffled, the, I can't. I, I'm sorry, guys. I can't do this. Right. Okay. It was, it, was a, it was a good effort. It was. It was an excellent episode. So, no. <laughs> says, some might say exemplar. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, I, I have eliminated mana weaving and pile counting from my repertoire. No, 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 no. Hold, hold on, CJ. You got to go back and do the whole thing because you're not going to actually put me trying that in the episode. You've got to do the whole thing now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, definitely going to cut that out. We're, we're, <laughs> um, I'll fix it in post. Let me just keep reading from here. <laughs> he's going to cut it out and put it at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. So avoid suspicion from judges and players. Thank you, thank you for the help. I'll say the one big difference between JudgeCast now and JudgeCast then uh-huh. is I'm pretty sure Sean would cut more out than I would. I, I have managed my reputational risk poorly here, yes. <laughs> uh, so his question, though. My question today involves the amazingly annoying habit of card flicking. Am I allowed to kindly ask my opponent to stop doing this? I find it terribly distracting. I uh, suppose this is part of the reason they do it, as they can't possibly all have the same nervous habit. I can understand quick flip through cards in your hand to make sure that 
what you thought was there was in fact there, but to repeatedly flip through, making that awful flicking noise all through your opponent's turn, or even your turn, is really annoying and rather rude. Isaac. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, what's Ricky doing? And I realized it's card flicking. Ricky is card flicking. I can't card flick like those guys. I can't I can't do it. Wouldn't you love to find Flicker Zero, like the guy who started the card flicking? Flicker Zero. Yeah, I've, been, I've been playing the game for a long time, and I remember not flicking my cards. And then one day, like I saw a bunch of people doing it, and I just, I got infected. <laughs> I mean, there's a real reason to flick your cards. That, well, not flick them, but to, like, shuffle them around in your hand. Yep. And, and that is, from a strategic standpoint, if my opponent has known any of the cards in my hand, if I move them around, it's more difficult for him to know where they are if, if, if I played that copy of that card, if I have more than one, stuff like that. So is it is it okay to ask your opponent to stop? It is a totally fine thing to ask your opponent yep. to stop. It's also totally fine for him to not stop. Yes, that too. <laughs> Unless it's... A- if you ask me, if you're like, hey, dude, you're flicking your cards and it's really annoying, I'm going to go, oh, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I will stop flicking my cards. And then 30 seconds later, I will forget that I said that. <laughs> it's... It, I, don't, I don't think necessarily that players are doing it or, or I'd like to believe that players aren't doing it to unnerve you. They're probably doing it just to have something to do with their hands while they're waiting, while they're thinking or waiting to go. And there's some people that like flick pencils around their thumb. There's people that like tap nervously or bounce their foot or something like that. This is just another form of that that has a slight strategic component of I'm mixing the cards up in my hand so that you can't know what's where. But in reality, it's just it's just something to do with your hands other than just stare at your cards. Well, look at what poker players do with poker chips, right? They have all kinds of, of tricks and they can flick them around their fingers and put them in two stacks and combine the two stacks with one hand. And now I want to start doing that with my hand when I'm bored. Now, a solution, though, is um, to print stop that in uh, black border. <laughs> Uh, card for one black target player discards a card it's an instant um and it has the gotcha ability whenever an opponent audibly flicks the cards in his or her hand you may say gotcha if you do return stop that from your graveyard to your hand it's an excellent card I got to tell you, that was the best one. One of the things that I hated about Unhinged is how it incentivized you to be quiet. Yeah. Like all those like say the word cards. It was just awful. Like, uh, you know, I remember it being at a pre-release for Unhinged. And what? yeah, I went to a pre-release for Unhinged. I think I think you went to release the event early. pre-release for Unhinged. Yeah, I, I think I it think. was only one. Yeah. Yeah, release event, sorry. I don't know how many. I remember going to a release event for Unhinged, and by by halfway through the day, the room had gotten just audibly quiet. <laughs> One gotcha card, though, that was really just good was Stop That. Yeah. So did we answer the question? Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, printed in Black Border. Yeah. Printed in Black Border. Problem solved. All right, our next email. Sean, how about you read it just for old time's sake? This is a long one. This is shorter than the other one. No, that's okay. Um, Let's see here. Hey, cool guys, and also the other one. I guess the cool guys, he's talking about you and me, Ricky, and the other one is he's got all four of the other guys as as one here. 
That's fine. I'm, wow. I'm, we sound I'm just, the same. I'm choosing to read it that way. Or maybe I'm the other one. I don't know. Um, actually, hey, cool guys, and also the other one. So cool guys could actually be like like everybody in the room except for one guy. And, and I think because I'm just going to this length with it, I'm guessing I'm that guy. I wonder why you guys used to have discussions about whether or not you have too much banter on your shows. I, I, wonder, I don't know what you're talking about. I wonder why that used to come up. Hey, CJ, come on. I'd like to read the question now, please. Okay. Right. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. All right. <laughs> I've only mentioned Star Trek once. Ricky? <laughs> Today. Did you see that episode the other day? On It was streaming on TBS, I think. It was... I'm sorry. I'll get back to the question. It was streaming on TBS. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I was. I was trying to make a banter on the fly, and and that didn't work. So. And that's why you complained about the banter. Yeah. I, I'm. Uh, so. Hey, cool guys, and also the other one. Hey, uh, guy with no name, person with no name, Philip. Philip. Philip is his name. Flip. Flip is his name. Actually, he. There's only one I there. Yes. It's P H L I P. So Flip. <clears throat> Cousin to Pubble. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, cool guys, and also the other one. I swear we'll get to the first sentence in this question in a second. Wait, that's in the email? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he knows us. What can I say? Wow. He, knows, he, he knows how long it takes us to get to the question. This is quite the flashback right now. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute of this. If, if I could find that lightning bolt question, I would. <laughs> the slowest bolt ever, 45-minute question and answer. CJ, I would like to return to the question. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. You're right. You're right. So, big cool guys, and also the other one. <laughs> Do we even want to read the question now? <laughs> it's a legitimate question. All right, all right. So, Flip asks, playing at the GP this weekend, my opponent forgets his trigger to return Phytotitan to the battlefield. He realizes after he draws his card for the turn, and I call a judge. The judge says the trigger is missed and won't happen unless I want it to, which, naturally, I don't. However, I have some non-specific recollection about delayed triggers and zone changes, specifically with things like Obsidat, and thought this could apply here. I didn't mention anything at the time, of course, and my opponent lets it ride, so instead I turn to you. How should I? How should it have happened? Am I just a shady, terrible cheater? <laughs> what are you adding words? All right, Phytotitan says, when Phytotitan dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control at the beginning of his or her next upkeep. So, who's up to date on their trigger policy? Jess wrote, raised his hand. Yeah, but I answered the last one. We, okay. have, we have enough other people that somebody else should be able to answer this. Who's feeling it? I'm out of breath. Fair. Oh, okay. So, I'll take it. So, it is, it is a delayed trigger that causes a zone change like Obsidat. So uh, if we go through our missed, our handy-dandy mistrigger flowchart that all judges have with them at all times in their wallet and or purses, uh, we can see that this is one of the uh, triggers that the opponent uh, does not get the decision as to whether or not it occurs. Okay, so the trigger is going to happen. They do get the choice, the opponent does get the choice as to whether it happens now or right before the player would get priority at the beginning of the next step or phase. Okay, so so when the trigger is missed and it is called, then uh, uh, it should happen either now or at the beginning of the next turn or phase based on whether or not the opponent chooses. Now, uh, what's interesting about this is, okay, so the judge made a ruling and the ruling was incorrect and the player suspected that the ruling might be incorrect. What is his responsibility? 
what is the player's responsibility at that point? Is not saying anything cheating? No, his responsibility is to play ball or magic. <laughs> right. So, right. Okay. the The judge gave his ruling, and that's and that's how. If you don't like the ruling, you can appeal, but uh, you are not obligated to. That's a bank error in your favor. Collect twenty dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and this this is this is a weird space because as judges we have to, we have to say that the policy is that you do not have to an, have to appeal a ruling that you believe is incorrect made by a floor judge, because ultimately like the the player himself may be wrong, you know. So there's there's no way to know who's right and who's wrong here, other than unless you write into judge cast. Um, but the but from a player perspective, I think that most players would say that you should appeal that ruling if you know if you know for a fact you know in your heart that it is wrong because otherwise you know that that enters into legal but scumbaggery territory and if that kind of story starts to circulate among your player community then you could you could really be ostracized and that's not something that is enforced within the judge program or tournament rules or anything but but if people come to know you as the guy who doesn't appeal a ruling that you know is wrong you know and and maybe there's some other things that you do that are shady but legal then that that could really start to affect your reputation agree yep cool all right one last email guys uh before we wrap this very fun show up uh, it comes from someone who signed it as Tay Matt, which I think might, might be Matt Tay back in disguise. I think he didn't know the answer and he didn't want to. He was just embarrassed. Makes total sense. It makes total sense. Thank yeah. you. All right. He says, love the cast and would be ecstatic if you read the email on air. Well, here we go. My question is, I'm at one life with a planeswalker on the battlefield and my opponent is at three with a bear cub on the battlefield. Can a I what bear cub? The two two of choice of judge casts. Yes. Uh, Oh my! So uh, two out of three members judge cast <laughs> prefer it. Bear cub is the best bear in the game. Hands down. Side note: I did enter that contest actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, to make the bear cubs. Which one was yours? Mine was the one that was actually a card and not a joke. Like mine was a card that I'm like, oh man, this would be a great bear. I don't. I don't remember. It was a yeah. It was a little bear cub, and uh, when he attacked, he was removed from combat, and then a two-two bear token was put in his place. No, something like that. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, like the bear is like, no, 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 not you. Mommy's gonna fight. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just summarize this. So this guy's opponent is at three life. He has a bear cub, and uh, Ted Matt is at one life himself, and he has a cone of flame in hand. He also has a Planeswalker. So what he wants to know is, can he Cone of Flame his opponent for three damage, the Bear Cub for two damage, and then Cone of Flame himself for one damage and redirect that to his Planeswalker so that he does not lose the game? Or does he have to take the damage and have a draw instead of winning the game? Jose, how do you feel about this one? Uh, Seems legit. Redirecting your own damage to your own Planeswalker? Sure, why not? People do it all the time. Can't you redirect your Earthquake to uh, your Planeswalker? No. no. Oh, not really. <laughs> I wish that you could. Yeah, no. It's it's not, yeah, you can't. It's a draw. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, why, why is that, though? Uh, because the opponent is the one who uh, has the option of redirecting the damage to the Planeswalker. Uh, so it's basically because the, the source of the damage has to be your opponent's. Yeah. So that they can have that option. Right. Uh, if you're the source of your own damage, then no one, you know, you don't get that option at all. Yeah. 
Though how fun would magic be if you can just earthquake away your own planeswalkers? I'll do one million damage with my earthquake in infinite mana. Sorry, Jace. It would. Well, actually, I would support that rules change. It'd be more or less just, exactly just, as fun. Just <laughs> just because I said sorry, Jace. Yeah, absolutely. It, things that I kill Jace's. Things they that kill, kill Jace. Elspeth, but leave Jace around. She'll be back. Yeah. Don't worry about her. Oh, right. Well, if Teferi can come back, Elspeth can come well, back. Well, Teferi didn't come back. It's him in the past. Stupid. All right. <laughs> if you want to get into Banner Cast, we'll talk about that for a while. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at judgecast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast or go to our website judgecast.com. All right, guys. That was really fast. Was yeah, I'm fast. so tired of saying it. I think everyone knows. How am I knows. supposed to write that down? It's judgecast. It's judgecast. You just go to judgecast somewhere. Facebook.com slash judgecast. Yeah. At judgecast on Twitter. Yes. And judgecast.com. And judgecast.tumblr.com. Yeah. Nobody tumbles us. No, we don't. We don't. We don't, we don't use tumble. Tumblr. We just kind of have it. So we're squatting. No yeah. Right. So if you people know, wanted to, oh, I'm already following. Ricky, uh, individually, uh, where would they go? Oh, I don't. Each of us individually. Yeah. I mean, technically, you can go to the Judgecast Twitter, and it follows all six of us on this call right now. This is true. I, I am uh, at the Slam Dunks on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. And you can just search for me, Jess Dunks. There are very few of us, and I have my picture. All right, so what's going on here? The JudgeCast account is following eight other accounts. It's us six, as you mentioned. The Magic Judges official. Yeah. And and Marshall Sutcliffe. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? Brian, what did you do? No, no. No, He's a fanboy, man. Did I do it? No, I did it. Okay. We got we got into a conversation with him, so I was like, "Well, I want to see." Oh, okay, okay. Stuff. That's funny. Yeah, we're Brian. What you do on Twitter sometimes really, really grinds my gears. You know. Wow. Yes. The the. Yes. All right. <sighs> I do. Want, I want to talk about one other piece of JudgeCast history, which is the website, because you know, long time listeners were that we used to have mtgjudgecast.com because I couldn't get JudgeCast, and I was like, I went to judgecast.com, I went and did a Who Is on it, and someone had it, and I, Jose had it. Yes. Yep. Thank you for the end of the story. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, I'm done. We're, I I really Snape thought there was another judging website and, out there. And Snape kills Dumbledore. What? Come on. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet, guys. Yeah. So Jeez. turns out Jose had it. Thanks, guys. Good night. The end of is that the ending for Hunger Games? <laughs> no. Yes. I won't spoil Hunger Games. I guess people would be legitimately mad about that. They they eat. It's a fever dream. That's the <laughs> fever dream. Everything. Uh, so what about you three? Do you guys have anything you want to plug? Any contact information? Anything at all you want to say before we wrap it up? Well, you're going to publish this before the deadline of September 7th for judges level three and higher to submit their exemplar recommendations, right? That's a correct statement. So judges who are level three and higher, uh, if you're listening to this as soon as it's posted or soon thereafter, chances are you still have chance to put in your recommendations for who should be recognized under our new amazing program called Exemplar, where uh, you need to really participate in order to make sure that this is a successful program. So Exemplar, 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 please go to Magic, uh, it's blah, 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 it's blogs.magicjudges.org slash Exemplar. And uh, that is going to be 
the best way for you to get wonderful things for recognition into the hands of the judges whose contribute contributions you value. So please make sure you put in those those recommendations soon, quickly, right away, immediately, with haste. One one, one thing I want to add to that is when you get you do not have to submit them all at once. So you can you're using a Google Doc, you type in the information, you enter stuff in, and when you're all done, it'll give you a link where you can return to that same Google Doc and fill in the rest. So if you have if you've thought of four or three or however many, go ahead and get them in and you can fill in the others tomorrow when you when you figure out who you want to do. Uh, one thing I want to mention is that the four entries you received from Brian Prilliman that all recommend CJ Schrader uh, were all legit. It's not just because that Google form is open to anyone to fill out. Thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's real awkward. So silent. No, we, we have a joke. <laughs> we have a process in place to flag those things. And so, CJ, uh, we will be posting all of those in a public forum so that the rest of the program can see how many times Brian has recognized you. And then Brian can look at that and say, oh, yeah, I love recognizing CJ the first time, the second time, the third time and the fourth time. And you can all have this conversation in a way that that is uh, really nice and, and open to the to the the magic judge program. So sure. Uh, we are we are in in some ways relying on some sunshine here to help regulate the process, but we also have some um, also some other checks in place uh, where uh, I actually built the database myself on the back end that says you know you are not going to be recognized. You know we have we have rules in place to to check on that sort of thing. So, um, right, but Brian's it, getting up there in, in age, and he won't remember I, whether or not he actually I'm, submitted I'm using, it. I'm using the link, and apparently, like each time I go, I just forget that I've already done CJ, and I just fill him in for the next one. Is that <laughs> is that how we're spinning this CJ? That's how I will. Yeah, that's yeah. how we're doing it. That's how we're okay. doing it. All right. What else, Ricky? Jose? Oh, I was just going to say that uh, people, uh, especially cabbage heads, can follow me on Twitter at jbovida, and I will happily, uh, you know, combine the judges who feel like they've been uh, they're having trouble uh, connecting with the community, and I would love to uh, pass them along to uh, some other judges that I know and see if uh, we can get them reacquainted. Or just want to feel connected to the judges. I know, at least for me, it's a little tough sometimes. So, yeah. Cabbage Heads Unite. Cabbage Heads Unite. Ricky? Well, I am still on Twitter at MTG Wikipedia because, as I just looked up, the guy who has at Wikipedia is still squatting on it and has tweeted twice in the past three years. I hate so, that guy. Yeah. He'll give it up I, someday. Uh, maybe you can legitimately uh, call for the call for it. Like Twitter has that process where you can say, "I'm actually this person." Um, <laughs> I am actually Wikipedia. That's yeah, what I'm going to say. I don't think you can pull that one. Well, well, for instance, LSV I think uh, went through that process. Somebody had LSV, so he had to use another uh, Twitter account uh, until he got uh, uh, through to Twitter and got the LSV thing. So it is possible. Just worth looking at. <laughs> so you guys you guys anyone got anything else they want to add great so i want to thank you guys for being on i, I this this is a fun episode I, I really enjoyed it um and i hope i hope our listeners did as well i don't care if they did this was for me more than anything <laughs> strictly for cj yeah this was for cj guys well for, for, for fanboy 
for my part, I thought it was awesome that uh, this was a great idea. It was awesome. And I don't get to hear your, uh, these guys' voices enough, Ricky and, and Sean. Uh, you guys I get to listen to at least, no. uh, which is nice. So. Well, thank you for listening. Well, you get to you get to read my words, and you can just imagine my voice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks again for being on. My name's CJ Schrader, and I keep it fair. I'm just Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Brian Perlman. I keep it centennial tastic. I'm Ricky Hayashi, and I keep it frugal. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Sean Kennedy. I keep you all out of trouble. <laughs> and I'm Jose Bovida. I keep it substance. <laughs> <laughs>Opening has always just been an impression of Sean. Like it's, it's always just what he used to say. He does his best to do. He does his best Sean impression for yeah. the first three seconds. Hello sure. and welcome to JudgeCast. Sean sounds exactly like that. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Sean. Hey guys, I'm Sean. <laughs> your voice isn't your voice isn't deep enough. I'm level four, Judge. Um, no, okay, I can do that. <laughs> this, this, this is Sean doing an impression of CJ doing an impression of Sean. <laughs> this, this is like the face-off of Judge Casts now. I don't know. It sounded a little bit more like Sean was doing an impression of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Same thing. Hello. Welcome yeah, this to is, Judge This is Nicolas Cage doing an impression of John Travolta doing an impression of Nicolas Cage. I'm so. going to take his face off. <laughs>